0: Hi everyone, I'm Lindsay LaValley.
1: And I'm Bill Wolf.
0: Welcome to Rush Hour, the congestion of human trafficking in America. In this podcast, we will address the problem that is human trafficking, not only to spread awareness, but to share information that will help keep you and your community safe. Rush Hour is brought to you by the Wolf Group, powered by eTactics. tactics So how are you today? How are things going? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. We um we were in your neck of the woods last week. Had a good time in DC. Did you guys do anything fun for Halloween?
1: Uh, the kids went out, although it wasn't the greatest weather. We had some rain, but they uh, they powered through for the candy. So I came back with bags and bags of candy.
0: I'm sure that you did. I'm sure that you did, especially with your kiddos. I imagine that <laughs> there's piles and piles of candy in your house right now. Oh,
1: it's terrible. It's I'm absolutely sure. terrible.
0: Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Today we're going to be talking about how human trafficking is depicted in television shows movies and the media before we get into that for those of you who weren't with us last episode let's just do a bit of a recap if you don't mind bill would you be able to quickly explain what human trafficking is and how you've been involved in the fight against it
1: yeah absolutely i mean human trafficking at its core is selling people, right? It's exploiting people for profit. Oftentimes it's referred to as modern day slavery because that's essentially what it is. You're enslaving people for forced labor or commercial sex. It's one of the largest human rights issues that we have in the world today. Some recent estimates came out and put the number of victims globally around 50 million, which is just my incredible. My journey to how I got involved was through law enforcement. I started my career as a, a police officer and then a detective, which is where I first came in contact with human trafficking. And have really been Um, you know, quite honored to be able to continue my career and focus it on helping to, you know, protect uh, victims and survivors of trafficking, prosecute the offenders, and really implement effective prevention programming.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. And I had not heard that number until you just mentioned it. That's wild. I did hear the other day that there are more people enslaved today than ever in history before. So it's a massive problem that A lot of folks seem to not know a ton about so hopefully we can help educate them through this podcast and i appreciate you being with us so i guess let's just dig into hollywood and the media how do they get it wrong when it comes to addressing human trafficking through shows movies the news how much would you say is based in fact and how much would you say is just storytelling
1: yeah, I mean Hollywood's
0: Hollywood, right? It's it's over.
1: Everything is over dramatized. But I think, in particular, in the human trafficking space, you know, a lot a lot of my colleagues, all you have to do is say one word, and they already know the story that you're going to tell, and that word is taken, right? Mm-hmm. Taken's sure. a great movie. Uh, it you know it's super entertaining, but it's not what trafficking looks like, and it's important to understand the differences, right? It's important to understand that that's not the typical scenario of trafficking that we see in the united states or or even abroad in other countries and the potential harm that it brings is we're looking for that extreme scenario we're looking for people chained up to beds being kidnapped off of street corners but that's not what it looks like you know traffickers are really they've learned that mental manipulation and coercion is so much more effective than, than physical force or abduction. And so that's really where they focus their efforts. But that's not, that doesn't make for a good Hollywood movie, does it? You know, like that's, you know, yeah. how, how do you dramatize that? In fact, I can share, interestingly enough, you know, because human trafficking is such a hot button issue, I've been approached more than once from, potential filmmakers um you know saying hey can you kind of consult and give us sort of a real life example cuz we want to make a movie about it <laughs> and i'm like sure so i'll i'll tell you some of the stories and as you share some of those stories there you know you can kind of see them like well that sounds terrible but i don't know how to dramatize that i don't know how to put that in a film that somebody would sit an hour and a half through and stay entertained which right it's unfortunate because that's sure. you know it, it's a human reality, but I, I think it it goes to show that what we see in those movies or even ones that claim to be based on true life stories are highly over dramatized, and we should not be using those to inform our opinion on what human trafficking looks like.
0: You're right. I think a lot of times what we see is is sensationalized just because of it, it sells right. It's more interesting. Yeah. Yes, to watch.
1: Well, I think that, you know, and I think there's been several opportunities, quite honestly, where, you know, the media, so whether it's TV or movies or even the news, uh, quite honestly, has has failed to capitalize on opportunities to bring awareness to human trafficking or appropriate awareness to human trafficking. I know there's other shows, you know, like uh, Special Victims Unit, SVU, uh, and then some others that have featured stories around human trafficking. But again, they, they they portray this this inappropriate sort of approach. And you know, when I was in my former life in law enforcement, we used to get so frustrated with shows like CSI, right? So if you remember the CSI series, or it may even still be on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: where you know, in the course of an hour, they were able to like run, uh, you know, half of a thread of hair through a machine, and it popped up, you know, and I the identity of the person in 30 minutes or less you know and it's so unrealistic right that technology doesn't exist that's not how forensics actually work and it even not just from the identification standpoint because we talked a lot about you know making sure we're identifying instances of human trafficking but think about holding offenders accountable you now have jury members that you know, have this preconceived concept or notion of what human trafficking looks like, that's false. And though it's very difficult on the prosecutors and and the law enforcement officers that are testifying to change course or paint a different picture of what the reality is in the courtroom. So it it, it complicates it from so many different angles.
0: That's not something I would have had considered, but you're right. If, if just, you know, jurors are, our peers, right? People, we, us, it's, you know, anybody could be a juror. And so if we've seen those shows or movies or poorly depicted newscasts, you know, on, on what human trafficking is sensationalized to look like, then if we go in and deal with a human trafficking situation where the father or the brother or the mother or grandmother or boyfriend, or, you know, the typical people who are, could be trafficking someone are, on trial it's not going to look like the needle in an arm chained to a bed you know that kind of scenario so i can only yeah i hadn't considered that in the past but you're right i mean it doesn't help anyone that's for sure and it certainly doesn't help draw attention to what's really happening and it's a huge problem so that's that's interesting
1: and i think it's critical you know this is where training really is important right for our frontline professionals to be able to understand what it actually looks like. Because even, you know, we talk about that law enforcement officer, right? Even those frontline professionals, law enforcement, healthcare, uh, hospitality workers, they're gonna be driven by sort of that mainstream concept as well, Mm -hmm. especially if they haven't received training um you know and and so that's why it's really important that we paint that very accurate picture and those people that have an opportunity to observe intervene um have really good training to recognize it
0: yeah for sure and i and you and i both have connections to law enforcement and and different organizations and we know um just for from our experience that the training is just non-existent or it's lacking for sure even a lot of the current training that's out there just isn't isn't as accurate as it really should be or could be Um, i think that's a a major issue so i mean we kind of covered this a little bit but with all of these portrayals of human trafficking victims and perpetrators in the media and in the you know in movies do you think these depictions help or hurt the fight against human trafficking
1: yeah you know so i'll i'll um i'll be sort of uh glass is both half empty and half full kind of person here right sure. I think I think it's helpful that we keep the conversation going and I think it's helpful for people to hear those words right human trafficking human trafficking it's a reality but I think it can be hurtful if it's depicted the wrong way and so you know it may be you know maybe at the end you put that disclaimer right that says, <laughs> In this episode, we talked about human trafficking, but this was an over-dramatized version, and this is not what it always looks like. For, you know, to understand more about human trafficking, go to this website, or call the National Human Trafficking Hotline, to your point, right? So I'm not completely opposed to the entertainment factor, Mm -hmm. um, but I think that we also need to have some level of social responsibility and making sure that we are also using that opportunity to inform and educate the public and drive them to relevant resources.
0: So in terms of the media and news outlets, I mean, do you feel like this is a good source to get information regarding human trafficking, or do you feel like our news media actually misses the mark as well often?
1: You know, I think that I would say generally they miss the mark. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves is when I see reporting um, around you know, quote unquote, forced prostitution or, you know, calling victims of sex trafficking prostitutes. I see that so often. Uh, There'll be an article that says, you know, uh, such and such police department did a human trafficking sting and, you know, identified, you know, 10 prostitutes. And I'm like, wait a minute, like this is, you're you're Mm -hmm. completely counterintuitive here, right? You're talking about human trafficking, but then you're labeling them, with words that are used to label offenders, right? Because in our society, in almost every, you know, almost every jurisdiction across the United States, prostitution is illegal. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, you know, again, our our news outlets really are educating sources, right? They're really supposed to be reporting the facts. And I think our media could be doing better uh, on educating around this issue of human trafficking. I don't believe there's any malice in it, right? I don't think they're doing it intentionally. I think honestly it's a lack of education on their part as well. And it really kind of points back to I oftentimes as I uh, go out and do training, people say, Well, who needs to be trained? Everyone. You know, right. Like right. just, you know, not just those frontline professionals, but you know, as we've kind of talked about, Hollywood needs to be trained, mm-hmm. right? The producers and the script writers and all these mm-hmm. other folks music
0: needs to be trained.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. hundred percent. Just they don't have to necessarily be trained on how to how to work a case and like build an investigation but a general awareness of what it looks like and what terminology is appropriate in this space that really you know will move the needle forward on our overall mission to combat human trafficking
0: i think that's it right words matter and so you know you don't want to reference a victim who is no longer being victimized as a victim you want to recognize them as a survivor right so you don't want to recognize a potential human trafficking victim as a prostitute because, it, like you said, it criminalizes that person. You mentioned it in our last podcast, but if you don't mind, if, if you know it off the top of your head, what is the percentage again of prostitutes? We'll put air quotes around that who mm-hmm. have actually gone through a form of trafficking, whether they're still currently being trafficked or or whether they started into the sex trade by being trafficked. What's that percentage? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, generally accepted number is somewhere in the area of like 97 percent you know, have been either a victim of some sort of abuse and exploitation prior or actually trafficked, you know. So I think it really goes to show that, you know, so many of these individuals have already been victimized, even if at that moment they're a consenting participant, you know, you have to really ask yourself, like, if you've been victimized in this space before, and, and like we talked about in the beginning, right? The number one methodology of the traffickers is mental manipulation. So, if you've been manipulated for years, abused and exploited, are you really choosing it at that point? You know, is it really like, yes, this is what I want to do? Or is it more of a product of that manipulation to think, well, this is all I can really do because this is what my trafficker told me for many years?
0: Right. And I, I found it interesting. I I watched most of the panelists when you spoke at the United Nations the other day, but I think you spoke with a woman who was in the sex trade and, you know, she, that's what she said. She, you know, it was something to the effect of that she was originally trafficked and then she just thought that's all she could do with her life. And now she's, you know, doing amazing work um, within this space and to create awareness and to help others.
1: Yeah, and there's so many amazing survivor leaders out there today uh, mm-hmm. just doing great work. I mean, their courage is just so uplifting mm-hmm. uh, because to be able to go out there and share their experience and their expertise, I think, is is so important. Uh, a very dear friend of mine, Barbara Maya, who is a survivor leader, um, she has a saying that she uses quite often. And she says, you know, nothing about us without us. And I think that's so critical, right? It, it really kind of plays powerful. into this, this conversation we're having about framing the issue the right way. Mm-hmm. And I think how better to frame it than to have the perspective of a survivor leader to say, no, that, that's not what happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's not what happened to others around me. Let me tell you what it really looks like.
0: Have you ever had a conversation with a survivor about TV shows, movies, and such and the way that they portray it?
1: Yeah, and I, I certainly don't want to speak, you know, on their behalf, but sure. I can share that, you know, what a lot of them have told me is that it's it is inaccurate and it's almost you know hurtful mm-hmm. that their their true stories are being you know manipulated just for the sake of being dramatized, you know, and for entertainment purposes. And it, in some regards, you know, I've heard some express that, you know, it, it cheapens the, the trauma that they went through and the experience that they went through. And, and honestly, the, the courage that they have to come forward and share their story now, um, it, it just makes them feel, you know, underappreciated, undervalued
0: where would you recommend that our listeners look for accurate information when it comes to human trafficking? Are there um, organizations or websites or, you know, different news media you feel does it better or um, podcasts like ours, listen to our podcasts, but where would you um, recommend our listeners look if they want more information?
1: Yeah, I think the National Human Trafficking Hotline is a great resource. You know, um, you Individuals can call, uh, and that number is 1-888-3737-888. Certainly, they can call to report suspected instances of trafficking, but if they just want resources, they want to better understand trafficking, um, that is a resource to them. There's other great organizations like Anti-Trafficking International. Their website is www.preventht.org. It has a lot of great resources out there as well, you know, and, and then I think, you know, making sure that you're getting community awareness and training and making sure that that's coming from a trusted source as well is, is important.
0: For sure. In terms of training, what kind of training is out there? What have you seen? What's good? What's bad? What's ugly? I mean, what are, what do you think when it comes in terms of training?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, sort of applying some of the things we've already talked about today, right, if that training seems overly sensationalized, overly dramatized, that is something to maybe take a moment of pause and say, wait a minute, is that accurate? Human trafficking is terrible. And some of the things that happen during trafficking is very, very terrible. But if somebody's training you or talking about things like abductions and kidnapping and chaining people up, then I would maybe take a second look to around the validity of that. And I think looking at organizations like eTactics that are developing training that is vetted by subject matter experts, right, vetted by the National Human Trafficking Training Academy to kind of push out, that's where we really need to be looking. Is it supported by recognized subject matter experts?
0: For sure, I and I've taken a lot of the training as we um, as we've been working through our training. I've gone out and taken a lot of free training that's out there, and just because it's free, I've, I'm learning that. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's really protecting your assets. If it's you know if it's a business, why do we take training? Well, we take training to protect our assets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so if we're taking free training, that sounds good on paper, upfront costs or what have you. But if it's not actually benefiting, you know, your employees or if it's not actually protecting your assets, then free doesn't really matter because it's not, it's not going to be beneficial to your organization. Saving money might be the, the initial end goal for a lot of organizations, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will save them money in the long run. As we know, there are a lot of hotels who are currently being sued by individuals who've been trafficked or by law firms who are focusing on this, this topic. So can you speak to any of that at all?
1: Yeah, and and maybe next time we can dive into this, you know, pretty, you know, a little more in depth, right? Because I think you brought up a really good point and that is, you know, some organizations, some companies from a, a risk mitigation standpoint are just checking that box with free training. And that can be highly problematic, right? Because just because you're checking the box doesn't mean that, you know, if somebody comes back later and challenges the efficacy or comprehensiveness of that training, that you're gonna be protected.
0: For sure, for sure. Um, so one of the things, and we'll kind of close on this, but one of the things I I think is very important, and we've discussed this in the past, but is to give maybe a little tip for Main Street, right? So we've talked about organizations and businesses and law enforcement and getting training in those aspects, but moms and dads and sisters and brothers, they don't necessarily, take this training, you know, on, on an everyday basis, or they, they may not have access to this. So if you could just provide us with a tip for just families on how to recognize trafficking or prevent it, Absolutely. That, but no, a dad. I mean, you,
1: this is, it's incredibly important. And I'm so glad that, you know, you brought it up and we have this opportunity and, you know, I'm sure as we continue to, to kind of hit on these uh, our listeners will probably hear me say this over and over again right because it's so critically important and what i would say the tip of the day is dinner table conversation and Great. what i mean by that is is we've got to be able to have these conversations with our kids we've got to i don't want to use the word normalize because that you know to some some people that might you know sound like we're desensitizing the issue <laughs> But, what I do want is for people to have that very difficult conversation. I get it. I'm a dad. You know, I've had the the birds and the bees talk. Uh, you know, with some of my kids, they're not all old sure. enough yet. Um, but I've also had the human trafficking talk with them and mm-hmm. what that really looks like and the reality behind it, because I think if we're not equipping our kids to look out for it, we're doing them an injustice, right? We teach them how to say no to drugs. We need to teach them how to look out for and get help if any if they're approached by a trafficker.
0: Thank you very much. I think that's great advice. And I'm a new parent, as you know. So I'm yes. always I'm always weighing on your every word when it comes to this because you have a lot more experience in that area than I do. So I, I definitely appreciate that. So when it comes to the media, when it comes to movies or you know television shows that are out there, speaking on human trafficking or doing episodes on human trafficking we just really have to be careful with how we you know digest the information that's being portrayed very often it's sensationalized and we don't as a community want to become desensitized to to what human trafficking really is just because of something that we saw on tv or saw in the media any closing remarks you would like to leave us with bill
1: Uh, I mean, I think, you know, leave the movie making to Hollywood, but leave the education to the professionals that, you know, have, have lived it, have lived experience or have worked alongside those that have lived experience.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And again, Bill, thank you for the work you're doing. It's miraculous stuff that you do every day and putting your life out there in the service of others. It's, it's wonderful. And thank you all for joining us. We hope that you stay safe.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure working with you all.